Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Layfoam, where we come together each week to review gems of the cinematic industry. As usual, I'm your co-host, Richard Lay, and here with me... Patrick. And Tyler. And Kevin. And in today's episode, um, before we start, I actually want to make a special announcement. Everyone, uh, is it okay if I make Ooh. an announcement today? Go for it. Yeah. So, last week... Actually met the love of my life. Ooh, yeah. You don't no say. Yeah, um, I'm pretty starstruck actually. Uh, her name is Priscilla Santiago the Fifth, but uh, her real name is actually PS Five. Her stage oh. name <laughs> is PlayStation Five. <laughs> and I have to say, guys, she's very uh, she voluptuous. Hot. Yes. She is hot and voluptuous, and uh, <laughs> does she yeah. have curves? Yeah, she's she's a bit curvy. Um, yeah, she's uh, she's different. So, so um, what about Priscilla? Initially, drew you to her. Oh man, um, it's just well, she's coming from a uh, you know another de- generation. Obviously, um, she's. <laughs> Giving me uh, a new perspective on life, and uh, yeah, I've never met someone so uh, I don't know, fast-paced and just just next level. I'm just learning. Would you say that she has a unique way of um, portraying the world? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, it's really relevant to like how technology has advanced nowadays. Just meeting her for like. I don't know, just knowing her the past few days or so has been pretty awesome. Did she um, come with any uh, with how, any perks? Or? How old is she? <laughs> <laughs> um, you said new generation. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, what are we talking? Like, uh... I think it's beyond generation X, Y, or Z, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she didn't. She's not... She's not a handful of days old. <laughs> well, she ages really fast, actually, so it's kind of hard to say at this point by next week. Um, but is she smoking hot, like Xenon Box <laughs> Series X? <laughs> she's not, uh, she's definitely not a uh, Xena Warrior Princess level, but she's probably even better than that. So, um, yeah, right now I'm riding on a high and, uh, yeah. I'd um, love to meet her. Oh yeah. You should, you should all meet her and we, we can all, um, talk to her and <laughs> hang can, out with can, her. Can we all? <laughs> Never we can all. <laughs> yeah. This, this is nice to get now. I was so happy for you at the start. I was, I was so surprised. Nice. I, I was like, awesome for Richie. And then she just turned it on me. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I didn't want to tell you guys beforehand. I wanted to, it to be a surprise. So. <laughs> I'm glad I can surprise you, Patrick. <laughs> I'm happy for you. You should bring her over next time. I will. I, I definitely will. Um, but anyway, anyone who doesn't get it, I've been playing the new PlayStation 5. So it's, I pre-ordered uh, like a month before, like I think, or maybe even two months before, um, I just refreshed like BestBuy.com like constantly when they uh, announced the pre-orders, 
my friend was like, "Oh man, I just I just pre-ordered the PS5," and I'm like, "Oh shit, let me let me do that too." And then, uh, yeah, I got lucky. So, um, yeah, I think uh, people who didn't get it, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that the people that did get it and buy bought them in bulk, uh, fuck you, because you don't deserve to rip people off or like to you know be the scalper that like ruins people's um, firsthand experience, you know. By like doubling prices and stuff. I'm just gonna pay twelve hundred dollars for one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so why, bad. Why wait? You know. No, I'm Xbox though. All day. Tyler, you should get on the Priscilla. The Priscilla train. hype. Yeah. <laughs> I heard Priscilla's been monitoring my calls and sending them to the government, so I don't know if I'm gonna be yeah. hanging out fed in the future. Yeah. I mean. It's like the the Gene is it Gene Hackman movie the conversation. Oh yeah, the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. I feel like there's so many movies like that where it's just purely um, voyeuristic mm-hmm. and observational. Like I mean, you have the the conversation, you have the lives of others. Um, wait, what's that other one where um, the Rear guy, Window? Yeah, Rear Window. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <clears throat> uh, Rear Window with Shia LaBeouf. That's the second <laughs> yeah. one. Disturbia. Eagle Eye with Shia LaBeouf. Oh, yeah, I saw that one too in theaters. Yeah, I didn't like it, but it's interesting. Transformers 4? <laughs> Holes? Holes? You know, yeah, you know like. <laughs> it's in the poster. We're all looking up at him from the hole. <laughs> and um, if we sound different this episode, we're trying to up our production value and. You know, trying to give you all the rich dynamics of our voices. And, you know, basically we all got new mics instead of just re- using a recorder to record everyone in the room. <laughs> our production value's up, but our uh, the, the substance of the pod is still, you know, pretty mediocre. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it could be better. I mean, you know, I think I'm all right, but you guys... Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Put this in layman terms. We have at least eight wires on the table right now. Yeah, we look super legit. Right it's now. eight times better. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to give everyone the, the best quality podcast out there, the best film podcast. So this is twentieth episode too. Yeah, oh, yeah, this is our twentieth episode. Wow, so yeah. we we've, we've reached like a milestone. Like, I mean, we're starting off the second je- wait is the second decade of our. Uh, I guess you would consider it. Or- yeah. It's the Roaring Twenties. Hopefully it's not 2020, yeah. We're we're roaring. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah. Uh, This week's episode, we're actually reviewing uh, a movie that Tyler picked today. Yes. Um, It is a film that was released in 2017 by Ruben Oslin. And I believe he is Swedish? It's yeah. a Swedish English language film um, called The Square. And it stars Class Bang, Elizabeth Moss, and Dominic West. And I would like to read the synopsis is uh, about a prestigious Stockholm Museum's chief art curator finds himself in times of both professional and personal crisis as he attempts to set up a controversial new exhibit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah,
So yeah, Tyler, um, how did you come across this film? Um, I had a lot of... I, you and I were texting, actually, when I was trying to pick. I had probably sent you like seven movies yeah. and then out of nowhere I was like oh I found it yeah I was so excited every pick you were like oh I'm gonna pick this movie I'm gonna pick that movie I'm like yeah dude I'm so excited I can't wait and then, and then it turned out to be a different movie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just looking online for a bunch of different movies and then I got on Palm Dior like I just looked at all the winners and I was like oh I'll pick a winner a Palm Dior winner and I watched a bunch of trailers from like the last like five winners and I saw the trailer for The Square and I was just like, what is this? Like, this looks so interesting. And I thought it like it looked like it was going to be hilarious. So I was like, oh, let's do this. Like, a little switch up. Because we haven't done too many, too many comedies. Although, I wouldn't necessarily consider this a comedy at it's all. satire, I believe. Or yeah. I looked it up after, and I didn't realize that it was satire. But I, I guess it, it makes it sense. It gives off that vibe in the trailer. But also, it looked like it was, like, it just looked bizarre. So I was like, screw it. Let's go with this. Um, yeah, so that's why I chose it, essentially. But how'd you guys like it? I'm not gonna lie. It, I, I have, I feel like this movie was so high concept for me that I haven't... Thank you. Like, I, like I kind of feel like I know what it's about, but I have, at the same time, I have no clue. I've for almost, cert, For sure or not. I almost felt like... Stupid. <laughs> I'm not stupid. Like I grasped a lot of it, but uh, there was a lot that I'm like, I'm like, I need to watch this again or like look up analysis and stuff because I'm like, it was super high concept. I'm like just over my head. I'm like, I don't know if I'm smart enough to uh, <laughs> grasp all this. It's okay. I'm not very smart either so <laughs> i think we're in the same page on this i mean i think the movie is jarring in both good and bad ways uh even some of the technical and editing aspect to me i felt was kind of jarring like some scenes kind of just abruptly end or just transition into another scene and i'm like why do they do that or yeah. like why did they cut to that part and then just like yeah there there are some really um polarizing aspects yeah absolutely i have a bit of a backstory with this one where i think i forget what year this was out but i saw it for the foreign nomination for best picture it was it didn't win but it was like a run-up in that year's oscars i was trying to broaden my horizon so i downloaded this movie and uh i was watching it and i honestly got so frustrated i turned it off (laughs) i remember you telling me about this yeah i I didn't turn off i think i had to make dinner or something but it's like I'll come back. I'll come back to this movie. I just stopped it. Like I think thirty <laughs> minutes before the end, and I just never got back to it. So when you picked it, I was really excited to give it another go. And uh, the same frustrations there. Yeah, but I agree with you. Like I have the film. I could see the film. I see it's the comedic and the satire elements, but I see it's trying to say something. And it's one of the good things it does. It doesn't give you an answer. It's just saying what about this and what about this in contemporary society and then I was getting frustrated just sitting there and watching those people struggle with the contemporary means because I feel that same frustration sometimes and yeah, it's like I just, it just rubbed me the wrong way in so many scenes but in a good way and just like with the editing or this this go through the Ave Maria scenes and all that stuff 
I didn't appreciate them properly the first time, but this time I love the jarring cuts. I love all the, I think it's like his shadow as he's walking across the square. It's just, Oh yeah. That was one of my favorite shots. I was like in a better mood this viewing. And I was like, oh, okay, actually, I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and just like, oh, this film sniffing its own farts because it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's doing a bit tongue in cheek both ways about those people and the positives and the negatives is what I took away mostly from this. I feel like in the beginning of the movie, it kind of positions itself to answer an all encompassing question. That's, that spans from like the almost the beginning of the movie to um, the the end of it, and it's that one sequence where um, you see all the rich executive types coming down, you know, going to work in the morning, and then you see the image, the very jarring image of the of a homeless person who's kind of in a contorted position. It kind of looks like they're they may, may have passed out or they might even be dead. Like, it's not a natural-looking position, and you see, like, this fluid on the wall, and then you have a woman kind of standing in the middle of the crowd asking, do you want to save a human life? Do you want to save a human life? Do you want to save a human life? Just over and over and over again as everyone is walking by up until the point where you... <laughs> that's... that's a, Okay, I'm going to go off on a little side note right here. One thing I loved about this movie was its use of sound mm. and its observational nature in, in the camera work because you get so many off-camera sounds that... The chair scene? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you, like, going back to this one scene where everyone's going to work, um, there's a woman who's screaming, like, way off in the distance. She's like, help me! Help me! <laughs> and, and... People are like, wait, what is that? And it's it's everyone deferring responsibility up until the point where she actually comes into frame and like bumps into this one guy, and then you have the main character Christian, who I guess is the the like the head of the art museum, and then they fend off this would be attacker, and it's so absurd and just strange <laughs> that like once it's all said and done, they end up patting each other on the back for their good deed. And I feel like that, in conjunction with the earlier question, already gives us the answer as to what Christian does, as well as all these other people do. It's like, do you want to save a human life? No. It's like, oh, but I'll only save it if I get something out of it, which is feeling better about myself. And as we talk more about this movie, I have like, there's so many different examples of that in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really love that scene. I mean, but then it's like just, just opposed with like, the scene uh, with the uh, inside the museum of the it, there's like a projector of Oleg, mm -hmm. and I just thought that was so yeah, like I said, jarring. Like I'm like, why did they cut to this specific part right after? Um, yeah, I just wasn't sure. Like I just didn't like that. I'm like, why? Why did they do this? <laughs> oh, I love I loved it I, in every sense. It I don't feel, know. It's always communicating something. Like Oleg's whole thing is the return to the primal. Right, right. And with the whole, I think the whole film is another narrative about. Uh, I think you. I'm not that familiar with the, the theory of tolerance. How how long are you tolerant of the intolerant? How long are you. Pacified by society, against the innate human nature, where Oleg captures that so accurately. Mm -hmm. Like even like. 
the herd mentalities in that scene where she's crying for help, you see mm-hmm. multiple people turn and then they turn back and continue walking in the same right. direction. There's a lot of uh, indifference. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, we are moving away from that primitive aspect. And then, yeah, like you said, like Oleg represents that primal, like that extreme side. Um, I agree. I just didn't, I just, I just found that transition just to be really off-putting to me. Oh yeah. I just, my thing was like, if, cause it's revealed what the whole fiasco was about, but like, that was one of those moments of like, okay, if, she's screaming bloody murder someone's coming to kill her and then the guy runs at him it's a bit of like okay in that situation if it do if he had a knife or something like can yeah. you still be the civilized christian in that moment yeah. or do you have to take on the old like and that's why i felt like it was a hard cut to like oh he, yeah it was a simulation of that even where yeah i think he got pitpocketed by the lady while they were like standing with the guy like okay don't hurt her obviously and he's like, i'm not it was so weird. It's just like a was, the absurdist was, nature of it all. It was really funny, <laughs> like just their interactions. For like, you know, like you can hear him screaming in the background, but they don't <laughs> see where he is. Yeah. I know it, it's almost like it's a scream from the void. Yeah. Like, like because they are on camera, nobody can see that this yeah. person exists or not up until they're in their face. And yeah, it's just like. You, but even, there's like an ambiguity to it all, but you don't know who pickpocketed him even. Was it the guy who like, cause the guy that the lady ran to was already standing still and looking at her compared to everyone else. Was he on it? Is he the pickpocket while they're like congratulating each other? Does he lift the phone and the wallet or is the girl while the guy comes? Mm-hmm. The only one that maybe didn't do it was the guy cause he's only there for five seconds and then he leaves. So it's like, I think they were all in on it. Yeah. yeah. Cause he got multiple things taken. From yeah. Him. Um, I do you want to credit the. Uh, the sound uh, bent home uh, Andreas Frank uh, Nils Are Viking yeah apologize if I they did those a, names wrong they did yeah. a phenomenal job in building up this weird absurd soundscape with every like every little clinking banging um, any any sort of off kilter thing was just it, it elevated the movie to a very I don't even know. It, it places you in the movie, I think. Like, especially in the museum, like with the chair exhibit, where I don't think it's the chairs. I think it's like some abstract, like the chairs are precariously balanced, and there's an audio thing playing the whole time of them tilting and then eventually falling, but you turn, the chairs are still there. But yeah, there's like multiple scenes. There's even like a, towards the end, there's a scene where if you listen real closely, you can hear it. And like it undercuts, not undercuts the theme, but. It's a weird point that we're returning to that tense moment at that one scene again. Just the conversation <laughs> while that's going off is hilarious. Oh, are you talking about um, the conf- yeah that confrontation Between... and then you hear all the the uh, the ruckus in the background? <laughs> I feel like I feel like every other scene there's like something going on in the background and it's really distracting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like the interview that uh, I think Dominic West had in a scene. He plays a, 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 a man named Julian, and he's like, yeah, he's like in an interview, and then someone from the audience uh, is like screaming, or like not screaming, but um, abruptly saying things to interrupt the interview, but um, you find oh, out it's someone uh, that has Tourette's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it made me annoyed too, but then I realized like, oh yeah, you know, like... 
that's actually really true then we have to be tolerant of that because that person can't help it you know yeah i think this movie brings up yeah like tolerance a lot Mm -hmm. that scene and the uh like the primal ape scene or whatever those two Mm -hmm. that's spoilers should we wait on that uh, yeah, in a bit, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think we're uh, explaining it too much. I think, uh, yeah, no, you're right, though. Like, there is that Oleg scene that we get later on. Um, very uncomfortable, very unnerving. There are some moments in the scene, yeah, it's, like, horrific, but, like, oddly funny. And, you know, you're not supposed to laugh that much, but, like, it is. I don't know, it's, like, a commentary on, like, like you said, uh, like we all all been saying about our uh, society's tolerance, especially towards um, the lower class or even um, uh, homeless people. Um, like our protagonist, Christian, who is the, uh, the chief curator, um, he shows a lot of indifference towards people that are below him. And he's even aware of his position in society. He's like a semi-public like public figure there. And, you know... When people need help, he's just kind of brushes them off. But when he needs help, you know, the people that are willing to help him <laughs> are the same people that he's not willing to help. Yeah. I, think that's, I find it quite ironic in that regard. Yeah, I like the uh, class. This film's like a, a, there's a strong class narrative as well as it connects it to the art sphere, which I really appreciate. This movie reminded me a lot of um, another movie I think came, that came out on Netflix a few years ago called Velvet Buzzsaw with mm-hmm. um, Jake Gyllenhaal and Tony Collette and then a few other people. But it, it deals with the same high art crowd and it tries to tilt or it tries to tilt it on its head by making it kind of like a slasher movie with um, this unknown, I think it's this one painting or something like that. It's a Tony Gilroy movie, is it? Is it the same director of Nightcrawler? Possibly. Here, let me look. <laughs> Tony Gilroy or Dan Gilroy, one of those. <laughs> yeah. I know that is a frequent collab. Well, I mean, they've only done, like, what, two movies together? Dan Gilroy. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, um, I think that this movie did a much better job of um, expressing its message compared to other movies that I've seen that are in that same realm by taking a more observational approach, especially in terms of the way that the story is... It's it's not too stylized to where it distracts you away from what's being said. If anything, um, there's multiple shots where it's communicated. For instance, there's this one where Christian is um, going up an escalator, and then he's... I think he's trying to ask people for help. Mm-hmm. And you just see all of these people just buried in their phones and just not looking up or doing anything. It's kind of like they're on their own sort of a tread or like... Yeah, the framing is also, it's looking up three stores, I believe. Mm -hmm. And it shows just the right escalators where it's a continuous line, like looping around above them. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, there's no one going the opposite direction. The way it's framed. It's so strange and consumeristic and... All of these other, like, if anything, it made me uncomfortable watching it because it makes me question, oh, am I, like, how do I feel about this? Oh, do I find myself to be a part of this crowd? For instance, um, there's so many times in the movie where you see homeless people 
asking for money and people saying no because they don't have cash on them. And I've been in that situation before too where I was like, oh, if I did have cash on me, I would give it to you, but I honestly don't. And then like I walk away from it and I continue on my day filled with like all these different privileges. Meanwhile, you see these people are still stuck where they are mm-hmm. and they're going to be there for the next few hours. They don't get to go home and call it a day or anything like that. And it really made me question my own life and even just the, the ceremony itself of the movie and like the purpose of the square, which we'll get mm-hmm. to, but we kind of all indulge in our own like boundaries, our own square, you know, I like the images. It's kind of like at times it is very direct and in your face and a bit indulgent, but it does have a point to it. Uh, yeah, I like that the museum's attached to a former palace, I believe. Oh, oh I didn't know that. Yeah, there's a scene where they're, um, again, all the upper-class donors were at a special event where it's the oh, yeah. cringy <laughs> rave music and there's, like, old oh. people money <laughs> dance into it. Yeah. And I want to say there was a hard cut of, like, people sleeping on the streets right before that, and then it cuts to that, and it's just... Uh, and along with the Olog dinner, which I feel is, like, the strongest seen in the movie to dunk on the upper class as well as society as a whole i just really enjoyed like the art direction i like that it's an art film but the art is there's some art exhibits that feel like completely pedantic or just like oh this is what it's like a joke of what yeah. contemporary art is just like <laughs> the a neon bunch sign of piles of dirt yeah the neon sign <laughs> you have nothing and that's yeah. it like, okay okay <laughs> But then, then Oleg's thing, I feel, is, like, the strongest. Like, that's some proper Marina Abramovich stuff, mm-hmm. which I have a deep respect for. Yeah, this, I believe the actor, uh, Terry Notary, who played Oleg, is a stunt performer and motion capture performer. So mm-hmm. that's really interesting that uh, he's able to do this performance without being uh, hidden by CGI. Because he's usually doing, like, primal performances just like that. So yeah, I, I thought that his um, scene was mesmerizing. Yeah, each time it cut to the shot of him just staring into the camera, it made me feel even more... So ominous. Yeah, because it, it's, in, it's in a very accusational way. And I, I really enjoyed that aspect because usually it would appear after the most just disgusting scenes like in terms of how people act like how self-absorbed people can be and then it cuts to the shot and even like when christian is like in the room like on his phone and stuff you just see oleg in the background staring into the camera it's like you know there's suffering in the world right and everyone is just so indifferent to it and it's, it's so hard to not i mean one person cannot be aware of the entirety of the world's suffering 24-7. If we did, I feel like we would all go insane. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but how much should you think about this? Um, should you always try to remind yourself that there's suffering in the world and not just your own? I don't know. Yeah, that was one thing I kept thinking because it's like, it keeps bringing up you know, the square is like a sanctuary for trust and caring, um, and to do good in the world and care for others. 
but like for instance when christian gets you know he helps that girl out who thinks she's gonna get killed or whatever and then he ends up getting robbed so it's like (laughs) you do a good deed and you still get fucked over so it's Mm -hmm. it's like is i think maybe is he trying to say like is it even possible for there you know for everyone to always trust and care for each other I mean, obviously it's not because there's so much evil in the world, but it's interesting to think about. There's always the square. <laughs> You're right. Um, this film reminded me of uh, a video I watched the other day about uh, these YouTubers critiquing uh, this film pundit from L.A. who I will not name because uh, he said something really controversial and uh, on a live stream and he deleted it since, but he was talking about the homeless people in L.A. and how like it's such a problem and that uh, that homeless people should be rid of. And he was talking about how, like, they need to put them down. Like like a horse that had a broken leg. Like, like old a, yeller? Yeah, or like, like he was like, like a, like a horse with a broken leg. You got to just put one in the head and just call it call it quits. And I'm, I was just thinking, like, whoa. Like, <laughs> and then, you know, uh, obviously they deleted it and... Uh, they were joking about it for like five minutes and I didn't, it didn't come off, uh, as a joke. They were, they were being serious talking about how like homeless people are, you know, um, causing diseases and stuff and they don't shower and they're like disgusting and, you know, they can infect other people. And I'm just like, you're talking about real human beings here. Um, but that's just one aspect, you know, imagine how many other people feel that way towards, um, the homeless, you know? Like, they aren't even looked at as one of us. Like, like what Tyler mentioned about the square. Like, yeah, it's supposed to be a sanctuary of trust and caring. And within it, we all share equal rights and obligations. But then we don't even show that until, like, it goes viral or something. Until, like, people become keyboard warriors. Like, oh, my God, this is so horrible. And then but when they're faced with the situation, they're so indifferent to it. Yeah. You have to have, like... A companion or you have to you have to see other people go out of their way to help mm-hmm. it's like a herd, herd mentality. mentality yeah it, it makes me think about uh utopianism and this movie takes a stance on that by showing what life is like inside of our own little squares and as long as you are within the square then you get access to this um, unconditional utopia and if you're excluded out of it then that's your own fault and I wonder if that's the stance of the creators of this movie in terms of utopianism and all of these other um, different types of uh, ideological stances where you know it's basically very altruistic and fueled by virtuousness and in an ideal world, it would be great for everyone to have that. However, it would exclude the fact that there is suffering. And there is no way to exclude the fact that there is suffering in this world. I don't know. It's strange. Yeah, with that being said, should we give our ratings and then just dive right into spoilers? Um, I'll, I guess I'll start off. Um... I had a hard time thinking about, like, how much I like this film. Because I do appreciate that it's um, extremely well done. Some of the shots are incredible. Like, the DP work from Frederick Winslow, 
did a great job like with the framing especially when uh, we see him, uh, Christian go outside and look at the uh, the dumpsters and you see like the squared framing like I love that shot um, there's some really great performances especially uh, we didn't even mention her but Elizabeth Moss as Anne um, she does a really great job of uh, uh, expressing her craziness like her crazy eyes <laughs> she does it really well uh i've always liked her since uh i seen her in um get him to the greek <laughs> the uh comedy with jonah hill and russell brand that was the first time i've ever seen her and i saw that movie in theaters and i'm like oh wow she's a um, good actress and so it's good to see that she's come a long way uh even though she's only she's not even the film that much but she's like top billing so i'm curious like why <laughs> Why they did that? I, I have a theory on that, but it okay. goes like outside of okay. the movie itself. Yeah, or even like with uh, Dominic West being in top billing too, and he's only literally in like two scenes. And I'm like, Dominic West from uh, The Wire. That's where I've known him from, and he's a good actor. Um, yeah, all around, I, I really like the performances the most. I like the music. Uh, I like the uh, the song by Justice that they. Uh, mentioned later on um but otherwise like uh like i said like some of the editing kind of just put me off i know it's done for a reason but for me like i i just it was too abrupt for me it was just so like in your face and i know the movies uh that's intentional and <laughs> for me that intention didn't work um yeah, I would like like to watch it again, but I'm not sure how much I would enjoy watching it over again. Maybe some of the scenes I would just watch over. You know, like we said, the the dinner scene or um, his conversation with Anne, Christian and Anne. That that part was really <laughs> funny. Like there are parts that are absurd that it's funny and un uncomfortable. But I don't know. Like yeah, I said, like maybe this film just went over my head and I can't appreciate it now maybe perhaps more appreciate it in the future but right now i'll give it a, a 3.5 out of 5 uh this may be a bit weird 4.25 maybe are we allowed to do 0.25 yeah why not yeah okay do 4.3 or 4.3.9 i don't know <laughs> but uh four four and a quarter uh because uh i love everything the film's saying about art and class and it resonates with me in my own like oh what is art what is what is the line is there a line and all those other interesting questions the film springs up i love the music especially the ave maria and the, yeah i love that writing motif in the film i think it's a vo vocals only cover which is pretty nice and uh yeah, it's a, it's a film that's made me think a lot about myself, my values, and for that alone, I'd give it a high rating, but if everything else in it, it helps elevate it even more. I'd, um, I think that the true star of this movie is the boy with the letter, <laughs> Alejandro <laughs> Eduardo. I will make chaos with you. You call me a thief. <laughs> you must apologize to me and my family or I will make chaos. Um... I really enjoyed a lot about what this movie had to say when it came to a lot of its side characters. With When it came to the main character, Christian, I absolutely detested him. 
And I think that for the fact of like being able to detest someone so much and still being able to watch the movie without turning it off, I think that says something about like the writing and the acting and everything about this movie and the unique soundtrack with the throat singing and all of these cultural norms put on its head in terms of uh, Sweden's own values and and the commentary that it has to say on uh, social media and viral marketing and uh, faux humanitarian efforts just to build up an audience I think warrants a four alone from my own I mean just from the movies that I've seen and um, the DP work there's so many shots that perfectly encapsulate what this movie was trying to say that I actually understood visually rather than uh, rather than taking it in through dialogue and all these other um, ways that it went about presenting itself. Because I feel like in that area, that's kind of where I got lost. And I don't know, I mean, it's probably a fault on my own understanding because I don't I'm not too familiar with that with that world of, of high art and um, all of these values that go into it and I feel like this was kind of like a first exposure for me and I'm still trying to process because I, I just finished it this morning. I watched uh, half of it last night and then the other half today and I feel like I'll, I may end up raising my score over the next few days but right now it's it's like boom four. But, yeah, I'm, I'm open to, to swaying either way. Yeah, I always sway when we, like, by the end of the podcast, I always want to change my rating. But for right now, I'm, I'm like, with you, Richie. I'm, like, 3.5. I'm going to give it 3.75. Um, yeah, like, like you said, Kevin, like, I'm not too aware or, like, into, the, like, the high art scene and stuff. So I think that's part of the reason why some of it went over my head. Um, but I can appreciate all the things it comments on, like, like elite, elitist, um, like power, like censorship, tolerance, all, it brings up so many different things to talk about, but I feel like that's another problem I have with it. It just like brings these things up. I feel like it doesn't dive super deep into them, you know, kind of just like switches over to multiple things, but I don't know. I that I could change that opinion too after we talk about it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, like we've all commented on the score and those vocals, like the opening scene when they're uh, building the square, I thought was was like beautiful, like just crafting it with that with that soundtrack in the background. Um, and the DP work as well, um, and the performances. Oleg, that scene is like that's the best scene in the movie for sure, and. Ruben Oslin's like creation of awkward scenes. He's like he's got to be like um, one of the best directors at doing that. There's a few scenes in this movie where if like you're in that moment in your life, like the the scene between Elizabeth Moss and Christian is just like I would never want to be in that situation. Oh my god. But um, yeah, three point three point seven five is what I'm gonna give it. I'm I'm loving this uh point two five system that <laughs> yeah. has been introduced yeah. finally after twenty twenty episodes. Like I can't tell you how many times I've wanted to like do that, but I'm like yeah. ah, I feel like the point five is kind of. Yeah. Uh, but no, I like the point two five. 
It's like a, you know, it's not a C plus, but it's like a B minus. Well, actually, I'm going to go 3.775. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting the thousands of places. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we all, I mean, we are giving it a positive review. It's not like this is a bad film by any means uh, for me and Tyler. I think that just some part of it right now doesn't resonate with me. I think, um, too, uh, I watched a trailer and I felt like I like made an expectation for the film, and after watching it, it was not what I expected from the trailer, and maybe that's part of the reason why I didn't like I didn't like it as much as I thought I was going to like it. Um, so I think yeah. also maybe that's in the future. Don't watch trailers; <laughs> just go in cold. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, uh, I watch pretty much for the most part. Whenever we all recommend films here, I, I just go cold. I don't watch any trailers Mm -hmm. um i didn't watch a single trailer for this film but i did see that oleg clip um somewhere on facebook and i'm like oh yeah i've always wanted to watch this film but it it didn't like um it didn't damper my experience or my expectations at all um and even after the film was over i I looked it up and i'm like oh it it, i guess it just didn't occur to me that it was satire (laughs) but it makes a lot more sense now you know well, it feels like it. There's satirical elements, but if, I still feel it's making like the whole film isn't like one big joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's like I feel like the satire is actually really subtle. It's the you film. have nothing neon sign in the museum, and mm-hmm. people walk in, and they look around the corner, and they see the piles of dirt, the neon sign, and it's a blank room, and they're like, okay, we saw it, and then they just turn and leave. <laughs> like, there's no point in evaluating it further. <laughs> oh, they, like, that's the satire mm-hmm. or the. Young museum workers stopping the tourists. Well, even the... Oh, yeah, as they're about... They're like, oh, no, the... You want to take photos of the castle? It's that way. This is the art (laughs) exhibit. You don't want to go in here. (laughs) Well, even in the beginning with the the interview between Anne and Christian, where she literally only asks him, like, what, two questions? And the interview is over. That's it. (laughs) And he has to read. Like, oh, shit, who wrote that for me? I got to read about it. (laughs) There are, like, so many little subtleties in the movie, too, to, like, elevate the the low-key nature of the satire. For instance, in that interview scene, like, even just the seats alone, like, they have no backing to them. They're, like, made out of chrome. They have, like, they're, like, canvas. <laughs> like, is it bourgeois or is it a statement? Is it... It's hard to nail it down. And I feel like even Christian's glasses, like, the red, sleek glasses... You make I feel me like want to wear those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, can I pull that off? <laughs> You got the mustache going. You got yeah, I'm halfway there. <laughs> the frames. Why is it so? I don't understand why it's so hard for you to say this. We had sex. Is that Great. Okay? Yes, yeah, that's okay. exactly. We had sex. That's, what, that's right. That's why didn't that's, you just say it yourself? Why you didn't want to say it? I love that I hated everyone in the movie, even mm-hmm. the little kid. <laughs> when he tells those soda cans over, and what's the employee's name? Who's like, there's the confrontation in the 7-Eleven. Michael? Michael. The, uh, he's like the assistant, right? To yeah. yeah. His whole thing is like, oh my God, I didn't like him. Just deferring responsibility. Yeah. And, everything. and he's getting bullied by like a, like a 10-year-old. And it's just like, 
Is social inter- like is this a Swedish thing? Like, do they not know how to socially interact? <laughs> I think it's just the, uh, yeah. I think it's just like Austin's like style or something. Well, how, how would you feel yeah. if somebody called you a thief? <laughs> I think it's funny though. He's like, I can't go out and play with my friends or nothing, but he's like he's always a- by himself, yeah. like <laughs> harassing these guys. Yeah. It's like, no, I was clearly that, you can still do shit. I was thinking that same thing when when he's confronted like. Well, and we're kind of more in spoilers now, but uh, yeah, full oh yeah, yeah, we can go. Yeah, we're it. in spoiler territory. Yeah, and, like near the end when he's at uh, his apartment complex, like he's there, like it's at night, and but he's still upset. Like clearly, your parents aren't watching you, so you're out like doing whatever, like screaming at people willy nilly. So, where does the principle of it? Yeah. But yeah, he's being a little shit about it. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah, it is the principle that like Christian can't own up. That's what's infuriating about Christian is like he can't just apolo- he can't apologize. He can't like let down his ego for one time, like his pride. Like he's yeah, it's like frustrating, and he even he's even aware of it. And even toward the end when he makes that video for um, the uh, the boy with letter. Um, it was a little hammy. Like, it was kind of ham-fisted when he was, like, talking, like, making that speech, that monologue to himself. And I'm like, okay, you're pretty much telling us what the themes are of this movie. And I was like, all right, this is kind of Christopher Nolan territory here. Like, <laughs> but is, it, is down it the film us. telling us that, or is that Christian as yeah. a No, no, I, I, I agree. Character. Like, it's it's both. Like, it's a little hammy to me, but in, the, in that particular situation, it works because he's telling the family that he's aware of like his own privilege and stuff but still like it was kind of like i'm just kind of roll my eyes a little bit like all right i get it (laughs) i feel like he's kind of absolving himself of any responsibility by admitting to the most minimal degree his own fault Mm -hmm. and i think that um you guys bring up a good point because is it the movie saying it or is it Christian saying it or is it both or is it none at all? Um, I'm kind of in the mindset that it's Christian just because of an earlier scene where it's uh, the introduction to the actual square itself. Or there's a there's a, um, a celebration going on at the museum and then I think it's like the day before you see a Christian inside the bathroom delivering this monologue and he's like oh uh, i'm sorry guys oh, sh- oh this is this isn't authentic can we start over again yeah. yeah and then he takes off his glasses and like <laughs> does this whole other thing of trying to make it more intimate and then you see it play out the next day like clockwork and you can see that there, there's a reason why this person is in his position of power where he is and even afterwards where you see his interaction with Anne and she confronts him about being this huge power authority and how he likes conquesting women and all of these other areas of his life and how he kind of gets off on it. And he even admits like, Hey, Oh, well, don't you find that alluring or anything like that? And that's kind of, she does. (laughs) He turns on his head, but it's still, it's a big thing of they're both in the same community. Like, yeah, they're not homeless on the streets. They're not truly suffering. Here's their level of confrontation and suffering. You're a museum director and I slept with you and I don't think we're going to have a long lasting relationship. And he's like, oh, that's what I do. I was like, oh, okay. But you wanted to sleep with me, right? He's like, yeah, I did. But now it's just like a whole thing of like, this is their biggest thing where there's people who have like no place to stay. She's like, yeah, the let it go Christian line. Like that's, that was like a weirdly climactic moment of <laughs> 
Yeah, I wanted more of that scene. It kind of ended <laughs> like very abrupt, um, or even like the scenes preceding that, um, after their like sex scene, and he's <laughs> she wants to get rid of the condom. <laughs> <laughs> she comes out with the trash can. Yeah, oh, and just the weird. look on her face is just like I I don't yeah. know why. Like my mind went to a very dark area. Like, when that scene came up, because, I mean, when we're first introduced to her apartment and stuff, we see the chimpanzee, or I think it's the bonobo, or I'm not sure, um, but it's just walking around her apartment, and she's doing doing his thing, and then they close the door and everything, and then they have sex, and then she's trying to get rid of the condom, and it's like, there's kind of that, uh, that unspoken uh air in the room where it's like oh is she gonna like hold on to this condom and try to do something weird with it and, Feels, and yeah. it, it even confronts that too but yeah my mind like went i'm like is she gonna do something like yeah with, i don't, I that's don't know a, yeah that's what everybody was thinking I think. <laughs> and it's like she's like really you think that highly of yourself or whatever <laughs> he's fearing entrapment and she yeah and like, i just thought it was hilarious that like they get to their, her apartment, and he's like, they're like, whatever, about to have sex. And he just notices the chimpanzee and, like, doesn't even fucking say anything. He still wants to bang. Like, just close the door. It's all right. He's just sitting on the couch. Like it's her dog or something. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I hated everyone during the pitch. That was such a great... Oh, yeah. The two... How to uh, market this... The, the guys from the ad agency, right? Everyone in the room. Yeah, all the people Except who worked for, for the, the museum. Baby. <laughs> yeah. The baby. The baby's the only innocent one because he's a baby. But, like, the other guys... The guys pitching it... Uh, <laughs> it feels... They all feel immensely stupid. And you just... From the outside, it feels like, oh, like, it's... It's a very privileged position to be into. Like they were born into that world, and they just got that job from that world itself, because all their ideas are absolutely horrible. And like, <laughs> the fact that they feel the need to tolerate their bad ideas and like entertain them is like so frustrating. Where it's like, oh, you know, like I think when they're miming out the young girl in the square viral video they wanted to make, like the young kids are laughing. But, like, no one at a point goes, like, no, like, hold on. You guys had a week, and you're coming back with this. Like, this is nothing. This is complete bullshit, and I hate everything about this. <laughs> and the girl with the ice bucket challenge. Like, how does that relate to, how does that relate to the that, square at They're all? just trying to create something viral. Like, it's not even art. They just wanted something to go viral. Well, well yeah, but, like, I mean, they're, like, an agency, and then their own in-house marketing ladies. Like, well, let's do the ice bucket challenge for it. And it's, like, that... Do think of an original thought, but they all feel incapable of that. Well, uh, it's kind of like it harkens back to the introduction of the film when Anne asks Christian to clarify on something that he wrote on his uh, website, and then he was saying like, "Well, if you put like, you know, a piece over here, does that make it an art, a work of art?" Um, yeah, like someone standing in the square, is that make it like a art performance or her blowing up? Like suddenly people care now that, you know, she's this poor young girl and she's blown up. Like 
It's saying yeah. like how like even in the ad itself, it's asking the question: How many acts of inhumanity must occur before we finally take notice of it? Mm-hmm. And it had to be a blonde Swedish girl. Yeah, no, yeah, it was under yeah undercutting the both. Like it feels like a a progressive. I think Europe currently has a problem, still even more now probably. But there's the there's the cultural heritage, but then there's the progressive politic aspect that they want to also relate to that and so like there's people who ask like why is the girl blonde why does she have black hair why isn't she an immigrant why does she look more swede than something else Mm -hmm. and it's just like a vague thing of like immediately we start breaking into committees and polarizing each other about like no the homeless girl needs to be she needs to have brown hair god damn it no, she's on the streets with her kitten in the trash bin, but she needs to have fucking brown hair and, or no, no, she needs blonde hair. Where it's just, it's like a good thing of like, it feels like the film's pointing out like the priorities are so shifted and warped into fitting to certain set standards or projections that we want to project the others that we have to raise those questions when in reality there is something worse going on, which is the young girl's homeless in the video. And then she gets blown up. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, this whole question, like, so do we only care because she's blonde, you know? If she was, like, different ethnicity-wise or, like, just different looking in general, maybe darker skin, like, would we care less? Would we care more? But the thing is, like, why is that? I get the question, like, what some people, like, saying, like, maybe other people would care more, but the abject thing of, like, someone's getting blown up, Mm -hmm. we should care flat out. And the argument over her hair color or her ethnicity is non has no resolution or no precedent to the fact she gets blown up. It's like, no, this mm-hmm. is, but I get where they're saying that. Like maybe as society is a reflection of us where we would value it differently or people would value it differently, but that's something that's one of those things of like, there's a problem, but you're addressing the most minuscule part of it. And then you're addressing that as if it's the grand problem when there's probably a more practical solution that will solve the problem flat out like don't make that video they shouldn't argue about yeah it's just one of those things like i think when yeah when the guys pitch like oh it's a you know a very sweet looking girl and then someone goes to raise a complaint where it's like no we're still (laughs) it opens with a homeless child who's like shaking the the cold and malnourished and stumbles into the square and this is a yeah this is like a narrative you're creating about this project or it's like this is morally bankrupt but the second is like, oh, but she has to look Swedish to get to resonate with like ethno Puritans or something of I guess Swedish Puritans who only view the Swedes as the culture to whatever. You could say like, oh, if you make her, if you have the desire to make her a Swede girl, that's very ethnocentric on the Swedish culture, and that excludes other people. Where like, no, the problem is going back two steps. Like, oh, it's a homeless girl. And like, why are we making this? This is, means nothing. This is pedantic. This is manipulating and all that. Mm-hmm. The whole scene, I really rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> like the second they start pitching and they all start entertaining it. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they all start like justifying it too. Yeah. Like, I- and you could see the, like, I forget the, the partner of the museum. Um, it isn't Christian. But it's the other person who's kind of in the same uh, elevation of power as him, who has a lot of pull over what gets made versus what doesn't. And you could see him kind of like looking around at everyone being like, 
uh, I need input in order to make a decision, even though I'm in a leadership position. Like, I feel like there's so much um, imposter syndrome that exists inside of this movie as well. And you can clearly tell that none of these people who have this uh, facade up, um, kind of emitting this this look of all know of like omniscience and like authority and all these things clearly are just holding it together by the last threads that they have before they get found out, which happens to Christian because of his own, his own foolishness when, you know, he comes into the room and then he green lights this idea because he has other things to take care of. And which is like him trying to, you know, have his uh, assistant help him out in writing. I, I think that that's what he does after. Mm-hmm. Or no, he's like the cons- second parcel. He's cons- oh yeah. yeah, yeah. He's going back to get the the second package. Yeah, but you, even that scene where he's where they're like get both getting off on writing this this hate filled letter, and the fact that they have the gall to go to an apartment complex, print out five hundred copies, and. That 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 building was multiple levels. Like yeah. I'm talking like ten to fifteen, and he just goes and drops it off at each one and doesn't even care just for the fact to get his cell phone and wallet back. When when clearly he's he's a part of the high class, he can easily get replacements of all of these things. And I don't know. It makes me. It's like at what cost? Like they're, yeah, they're like their own police force. Mm-hmm. Going to reminding the lower classes, you don't mess with us upper class people. Yeah, we have money. We can we can fuck your life up. Yeah, so I love when they get punked in the car. <laughs> oh, yeah, that <laughs> part was great. Michael or Miguel sitting in the car, like just like oh, I've been in those situations. Like, <laughs> hey, turn turn your car on. Come on. I know. Just like when you're a little kid or even like a teenager. You know, I live in a roughish neighborhood. It's okay. We're gonna swing by the liquor store. So she parks. And, like, dudes are, like, just sitting on their car right next to your car. And you're just sitting there, like, yeah, okay. <laughs> What's up, guys? Like, hey, fellas. And you're just sitting there, like, yep. Mom's in the liquor store. <laughs> you know, just sitting in the car. <laughs> Whereas, like, you don't feel for your life. It's, like, you're putting such an awkward situation. It's, like, something weird about being in a car. Like, even if the windows are down, but you're still in the car and waiting for someone else who's in the liquor store. And, like, dudes just come and start hanging out next to you. Like... Okay, it's like a weird. You feel like beneath them because you're in a vehicle, and like weirdly separated or something. I don't know. It's just yeah, it's like a barrier. Like yeah. you're you're vulnerable, but you're in a car, and but you can't do anything. <laughs> in, a, in a Tesla at that. Oh, yeah, Tesla. <laughs> yeah, even even um, during that scene where um, the assistant is getting, you know, people are like slamming on like the window and stuff, like trying to get him to turn the car on and stuff. I was trying to think about what I would do in that situation and or even just what the best course of action is. And then it reminds me of the primalism that's spoken about or that I guess that's um, hinted on in this movie. And it's like, what what would happen out in the wild? Would somebody I think that if there was a challenge being taken or if there was a challenge that was being brought up between uh, one creature versus another, how would that work out? Or what's the best way to nip that situation in the bud? Would it be to completely, like, puff up? Like you would uh, when you see, like, a cougar, like, stalking you or something like that? Or would it be best to take a more passive approach? And I found... I don't know, I liked how they kind of, like, slipped that... or brought up another point 
redirecting itself to that theme. Because in that situation, I don't, I don't know what I do. I mean, I guess you, know, you never go passive. You never go passive. Yeah, you 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 have like when you see like somebody like coming up and having like a certain agenda. I feel like you have to do something right off the bat. Otherwise, they have leverage over you. Or you go, yeah, you go, you go not aggressively. You go fake friendly. That's my go-to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like rev up with the car. I was like shit, yeah, man. <laughs> start revving it, like yeah. <laughs> because yeah, you can't just sit there and just start apologizing. I think that was a good thing, a commentary on the class differences. Mm-hmm. Where he's sitting in like a Tesla, which is, I want to say when this film was made, they didn't even make cheap models back then. Oh, no. So it's a luxury car outside of this, I want to say low-income housing, because again, it's like, I think outside of New York, they have those like vertical towers where it's affordable to live or cheaper to live. Yeah, this game, uh, not the game, uh, this film only came out like three or four years ago, so. Yeah. Yeah. At, at my uh, old job uh, in customer service, uh, we had to, it's like our, our whole organization had to attend this de-escalation um, talk where, you know, we brought, we brought in like a speaker and he was like addressing ways to go about handling, you know, the public and stuff because there were so many incidents where people were like, <laughs> during the last few months that I worked there, Somebody got, like, punched in the face for trying to get somebody to, like, get out of the bathroom because they were shaving <laughs> in, like, a public space. And they had their, like, shirt off and, like, all these weird things. And there's just so many inc- And that was only at one of the other places. And and he was saying that, you know, when you, when you see that somebody's, like, you know, getting up close to you, like, what they usually do in, like, prison yards and stuff is if they see somebody coming up to you, you have to, like, point it out. Be like, no, you gotta like get away from me. This is my like personal space, and versus uh, because if you're in a more like passive situation, it just gives people power over you. And I don't know, it, it just reminded me of that situation. Like, I don't, I'm not too sure if there's like a right answer to that question. I don't even know why I'm hung up on it right now, <laughs> but it's just making me think about that for some weird reason. Well, I think uh, it's just like when Christian was making that video. Like the where the it feels like the film's given its shown its cards or whatever shown its hand like this is what the film's about. I I think it's just Christian doing his thing. I think the whole that climax is where his kids are in the car and they're in the similar situation, but it's during the day. But you still hear the bikes when he parks, like a bike flies by, and he's like, okay. You guys stay in the car, and then he takes like two steps, and then the daughter calls out. They're like, oh, can we go with you? It's like, oh, sure. That's just, yeah. I feel like that was more the message. And for Miguel in the car, that's the right answer, too. You guys don't sit there and, like, argue over who's going to run up the building and hand off the letters. (laughs) So you're being a sissy. Now you're being a sissy. Or I didn't say I'd do it. And then Christian does that great thing. of like, he comes back and, like, knocks on the window. (laughs) He's like, I'm your boss. You know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to know if I can trust you now because you said you'd do this. He's like, no, I said, I said you could do it. I didn't say I'd do it. <laughs> He's like gaslighting him. Yeah. It's like a great oh, bit wow. of like the pedantic nature of whatever instead of just like, oh, could we go with you? And it's like, yeah, I'm going to go up here and try to apologize and do this humane thing that I did fuck up. And the kids want to tag along is more the message of the film versus like his little video where he's passing the book of like, you know, 50% of the wealth is owned by blank people. They could solve all our problems, but not me. I can't because I'm not one of those yeah, people. Yeah, he mentions like his billionaire friend who could solve all the problems. <laughs> yeah. 
points, yeah. I looked at that, like, last little monologue he had for the video. I'm like, is this, like, like how privileged, high elite people, like, make themselves feel better about <laughs> their actions? Like, that's kind of, I don't know, that's just the feeling I took from it. Like, are they commenting on how, like, these high elitist people, how they treat people, and then they do, like, one good deed or don't do a good deed, and then they have, like, this huge explanation on why, like, with all these problems in society and whatever. Yeah, it, it makes me think about, like, those uh, videos that you see of people going up to homeless people and giving them, like, care packages and everything like that. And I usually, like, you don't have to usually go that far down into the comments to see people saying, like, why do you feel the need to film this? Yeah. Like, just do it. <laughs> like, people do yeah. do that yeah. without yeah. filming it. So, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. And I usually see all of these, like, posts and stuff over um, Reddit where um, where they're kind of, like, talking about, um, or you see, like, oh, so-and-so donated this much money so this kid could go to school and, like, have all of his scholarships paid for. And it just makes me wonder, why is that so necessary? Like, why do you have to attach your name to something? And it also makes me think of this other Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where Larry David uh, donates this this money to um, this one organization. And then they're like, you know, they're at the ceremony and it says, oh, and thank you to Larry for donating this amount. And then they go over to this other section of like this other wall. It's like, oh, but really like we want like somebody like an anonymous donor donated this much amount and it is just absolutely incredible and then like everyone is just like full-on applauding him and then larry just feels like a dick for like telling or for like letting them put his name on the monument and i don't know i just think that that's such an interesting thing to talk about because i feel like it not much attention is is put on that sort of thing uh I really like the early scene with Christian where he's doing the Warhol ripoff. Like, if we put your bag on the floor, is that art? I love the, uh, I love the small debate the film has about what art is in the film. Where, to me, I think my favorite part, and another, I, I think you guys said, is like the climax, or the best scene in the film is Oleg's performance at the dinner. That is the most... I think this is where the film, like, there's the satirical elements of, like, the neon sign, you have nothing, leave your phone on the square on the ground, do I trust people or do I mistrust people, that's, like, such a, it feels like a, someone pat, it feels like a self-pat on the back as you walk into the exhibit, and then, but then Oleg comes in, and he's straight up, there's, like, it's, like, against the class differences, there's, like, a, it's all the rich donors at a fancy, in the palace hall dinner, the ceiling's three stories up it's beautiful neoclassical architecture and they're all sitting nice and they play the jungle music and they're like oh there's a you know you're going to be confronted with a primal beast or you're in the jungle you're going to be confronted by a primal nature uh don't show weakness and stay in the herd if you want to survive because that's what you are and then Oleg comes out and they're like they're all just playing as a joke at first. We're like, Oleg's performance, even though it pushes the boundary, especially towards the end, it does really push the boundary. Like, but good performance artists, uh, I don't think Oleg's actions is not a good one because it's so anti. It, it's like an attempt of rape almost. Or is like, oh, yeah, he's assaulting her. He's yeah. making her feel uncomfortable. It, 
but there, are, there there have been performance artists. Uh, I don't remember the one now, but there was one who I believe did go to like a similar upper class event donor thing. And her exhibit was she presented herself naked to the audience. And there was like a whole readout of like, you guys, for an hour, she's not going to move or respond to anything done to her. And of course it devolved immediately into like gross stuff. And I think Marina Abramovich is, I love her film, The Artist is Present. Yep. That's such a good one. Or so, there's like a fine line, and this is where my opinion comes in between like, like is art, is there an offensive line for art? Is there, when is performance art just like a theatrical performance and when is it art? Like Oleg's thing felt like art, even though like it really, it was really upsetting and pushed the boundaries, but it elicited the tribal response from the pampered pacified elite who don't do that themselves they have means of control to do that on everyone else so when we Oleg confronts them it's a great bit where he's just he's walking around and stomping and the second viewing of the scene up until the part where he goes too far like when he's messing with dominic west's character i was like okay this is great it's like a it's yeah it's like if they let a grill loose in the room it'd be something similar i just really love that aspect of the commentary on what art is is the video of the girl blown up in the square offensive should they be allowed to make that i can say it's not good but it's still an artistic message that has this meaning i don't think it relates to the square at all and i think it's just some hack video project made i think oleg's thing's a deep a deep inspirational performance art thing but he crosses the line and he starts assaulting a woman but it's one of those things of like, is there a gray area when it comes to art of what is and isn't allowed? Because other artists have done it, crazy stuff in the past. Well, it sucks that uh, nobody really steps in until he starts like grabbing her hair and like. She literally is like yeah. pulling up her dress down. Yeah, there. That's, yeah. yeah, the dress is going up, and then, of course it's an old guy too who's like not one of the established billionaire billionaires <laughs> that that are sitting at the table with Christian is like the biggest owners. It's just some guy. I think her husband's or her boyfriend or whatever, she asks him for help like twice when he's just sniffing her hair and like balling up her hair. Yeah. And he sits there the whole time and then like, no, it's like it's just some old guy hops up and just starts wailing on the dude. And then some younger guy from like across the room just comes running over. Mm-hmm. And then once two come over, then like 10 dudes run over and yeah. immediately like kill him, kill him. <laughs> <laughs> that was frustrating to watch. Like that was really uh, unnerving. Like, I don't know, like, it took them too long, I think, to step in. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think the moment he was, like, touching her hair and grabbing her like that, it's like, someone has to... Like, she's calling for help. Why is no one doing anything? Yeah, like it goes hand-in-hand hand with the bystander effect, where, yeah. like, you see somebody, like, dying on the sidewalk. Like, they're choking or something, and everyone's just crowding around them. And they're screaming for, like, help, but it's like nobody can step in unless you call, like, somebody out specifically. Like, hey, you... Yes, you do something like call nine one one or do something, and they do teach that CPR. You point at someone, you call nine one one. You otherwise, people just defer responsibility, and it's kind of like when you see like a dog running outside, and the owners and anywhere in sight. It's like people just walk by without even like you could see like people like turning their heads at it and being like, oh, I hope that like an owner is coming by or hope it's around, but usually it's um, out of sight, out of mind. In, in like situations like that yeah it's like i feel like that's how like we just face problems today like you got to see one person 
do some do something and then another person and then you're like okay now i can now i can go do it you know like i feel like even you could tie it to like the pandemic almost like wearing masks and everything like i would i didn't wear a mask to start or whatever and then like i'm like oh shit like this is actually serious like i gotta wear a mask or like you you don't care about the pandemic until someone you know has it or someone you know dies or whatever you know it's like yeah out of sight out of mind that's a great point I love Christensen's little, he tries to use the, is his position and the, the environment of that dinner of when Oleg chases the guy out and he's standing on the platform and then he goes, all right, everyone, great job, Oleg, yay, sweet, stop it, please stop, that's what he's essentially saying, okay, we're done, please stop, no more. And Owen, like, just turns around, like, slaps, like, a microphone off, like, it reverberates through the whole thing and cuts the room silent again. And then Christian just goes back and sits down <laughs> immediately. I think that was, was that, do you think that, like, he actually wanted him to stop, or do you think that was part of the performance? Oleg or the Christian? Christian. Like, do you think Christian was, like, he was supposed to do that to make it seem like, make, to fool everyone else to think that, like, he's, uh, I think he's trying to, like, calm out of control. down the room or something, because it was really awkward. And it's donors, too. Yeah. kick somebody out, and he's just like, all right, well, he's trying to, because he, he's probably reading the room, and, like, no way he's into that yeah so it's just like oh yeah let's, but i think let's it's like that if that was uh you know if he was like meant to do that to make everyone feel it, it it worked it makes everyone feel even like more uncomfortable they're like oh shit even the museum director can't even control this mm-hmm. guy yeah well, i think yeah to make the to make the exhibit repeatable is like the girl who almost gets assaulted would have to be in on it well, she or, definitely got assaulted yeah yeah sure. i think i think he yeah, I think the line was already... Ex- oh, of course. Yeah, it was... I hated his character. Oh, really? Yeah, I hated what he was doing. No, I loved the performance. I loved that scene. It's just... Uh, yeah, it was boundary pushing. I loved that, but... At what cost? Like, he humiliated another person, and he assaulted another person. I mean, that's... That goes beyond art. <laughs> but I would say the art isn't that... The ones like everyone, every bystander in that room, there's like over a hundred people. Mm-hmm. They they're consciously sitting there while he's running around making noise, and then he begins to assault her. They're all consciously allowing that. Where it's yeah, they're complicit. They're complicit in that as much as he's the corp. The, he's the he's the party doing it. He's the one taking the action of assaulting this woman. But everyone's passive passivity around him reinforms that mm-hmm. they're i would say they're the most guilty mm-hmm. where oleg oleg he's an artist doing a performance thing and he's assaulting a woman but in the context of it as like he's channeling the gorilla there's a the chimp earlier in the film yeah it's clearly like a primeval thing of you can say like he's not he's not allowed to do that or it's not cool of him to do that but i would say his thing is his thing his his art I don't view him as the culprit. I view the room as the culprit and the society as the culprit where I think his art exhibit piece thing is pushing the boundary and the lines. And you could say it's going over the line. That's why I say if the girl was in on the performance, it'd be a way to morally cleanse ourselves. You and me right now arguing for the point of it. But I would say when we start putting abject points about what is allowed and what isn't allowed and 
art because this is a film in the end where like that never that didn't actually happen no one was actually assaulted right. it's a film with a fake perform it's a film which the whole thing's fake with a performance where a guy assaults a woman yeah channeling like a gorilla primeval <laughs> aspect of it i don't view oleg as the big culprit in that i view everyone who is complacent in that as the culprit oh. of that and what that's what i took the arts meaning to be of his performance well I agree. I, I agree, I, I agree to a certain aspect, but I think that Oleg has enough agency in his performance to know when it's time to stop or time to reel it back in. It's like it reminds me of um, Jim Carrey, that documentary about Jim Carrey doing Man on the Moon when he's method acting, and uh, apparently people were upset. Even the director didn't like his um, his persona and like how it's rubbing everyone the wrong way. So in that case, is everyone else complicit or is, is it everyone else's fault that he's acting like that? Or like, when does the line has to stop? Or even, um, we want, we watched that video art piece. I think it's called XXX or something. Yeah. Or that woman, do you remember what it's called? Um, she, there's a XXX woman. XXX Nation. Possibly. Yeah. She was, uh, there's about this performance artist who she was wearing a really tight, like dress and she wore this mask. It was like a, re- a reflective mask and she was just walking around downtown just walking around, she was dancing, and people were giving her weird looks. And she's, you know, she's tall, and um, it's just, she just looks different, you know, <laughs> because she's wearing a mask and they can't see her face. So people were like calling her names, like, you're a slut, you're a whore, and they're like throwing stuff at her, but she's just not reacting. She's just still like dancing. And then eventually it gets really bad, but she's still in performance. It's it's a good video. It's um, yeah, yeah. I'm just getting a rapper when I put three X's in in yeah. art. <laughs> <laughs> um, damn, I wish I remembered what that was. Uh, I don't even remember where it ha- did. It happen in Florida or yeah, somewhere? Yeah, it happened or? in the Key West or something. Yeah, some yeah. some I, not I, yeah. cool place. Yeah, I, I agree <laughs> with certain aspects about that, but I don't know. They, I feel like there is a moment where. It has to stop, but I get it. Like they're high class elite, um, they're very privileged, but I don't know. No one deserves to be assaulted or to be humiliated like that in front of everybody in a public setting. Um, yeah, and I don't know. It's a polarizing thing. I get it. It's art performance, but oh yeah, I found the the video. It's called American Reflex with uh, three X's yeah. by uh, Sydney Pierce. So definitely uh, check that out. Um, that's a good. I think it's a good compliment to this film and and to that scene. Yeah. I love. Uh, I love. It's good video. I love American Reflux. And uh, I love. I just something about pushing boundaries. I love it. Like I think uh, Marina Abramovich did the famous one with the. Uh, the bow and arrow. Have you seen that one? I, I've seen the artist's... Was it covered in the artist's... Uh, is he? Yeah, the artist's present. Mm-hmm. I think it was like a small clip of that in her early, her early career with her husband or her early husband. Yeah, that's when she was very extremist. Well, yeah, this, very... she, I think... How is it? Uh, her husband's holding the string of a bow and the arrow, like you would get ready to shoot it, and then she grabs the bow part and she yeah, leans yeah. back with the bow arrow at her neck. And it's like, yeah, a slip of the hand or even an intentional fake accident from her husband would easily result in her death immediately. <laughs> and here are people, like, observing this, yeah, not yeah. doing anything. <laughs> like that, that stuff's, like, hard line. Like, that's an amazing art piece to me. Worse, versus, like, 
She did that one where she drove in a square in front of a museum, didn't she? And yelling out a microphone for like, it was like a test of endurance, like 40 hours. And those tire marks burned into the ground. And she did a figure eight over and over and over. I, I see what you're doing. I, I, I appreciate the physical strength to do that, but the message is lost on me. Um. <laughs> I mean, yeah, doesn't it get really indulgent and pretentious and just like, when does it need to stop? I get it. It's a performance, but like, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like Oleg's things feels, it, it feels non-pretentious, especially with his commit. He never breaks character. If he was suddenly like when they start wailing on him, if he was suddenly go like, no guys, no guys, it's me. I'm Oleg. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That undermined his whole performance, that the fact, like, Christian tries to stop it, and Oleg's like, no, 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 we're still in this environment, I'm still in the performance. And they start wailing on him, he's like, he's just, I think he's just trying to rip clothes off, he's still doing, like, the primeval, like, he's trying to attack and he's ripping the dude's clothes off and other stuff. Yeah, I think that that scene does a very good job of uh, showing the resting potential of the room and what sort of stimulus it takes to elicit a reaction that goes above that resting level. And, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so the scene after that, so that scene ended with a cut to, like, the outside where mm -hmm. uh, there's, like, a... Was there, like, a body bag or something? There's like, some rain. And... It was a homeless guy. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, yeah and he had just... a plastic covering yeah. trying to stay dry. I thought they killed him or something. They put oh. him in a plastic <laughs> bag or something, but I, I don't know. I guess they didn't really kill him. I mean, that dude's... I do can kill everybody in that room. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one of those ones where, like, the self-insert aspect of that performance, I yeah. wouldn't cut it. No, I could say that for a full flag. That's why I think it's such good. It's such a good scene. Or if I was to see that, like, oh, here's a filmed performance art of this guy doing this in the fancy dinner. If I was like, oh, I could see that and go, like, I wouldn't. I'd be a pathetic herd animal. I would not. I'd remove myself from the room having seen this. If I was told that scene was happening again, I'd be like, oh, I got to leave then. Okay, <laughs> let, me, let me get out of here. Man, yeah. Um, do we have any closing thoughts? Anything we want to finish up with? Hmm. Uh, I I will have to say that that scene does parallel pretty well with Christian's confrontation with the boy with the letter at the end, where uh, after he pushes him down the stairwell, and he you can hear his faint. He's like haunted like, by it. Like help, <laughs> but, help! But then no one responds. Like no one even like responds to him knocking on the door. Um, that was sad. Like I get it. The boy was a nuisance. Um, but damn, that's, one... that's where I turned it off. When the kid goes down the stairs, the first yeah. time I was watching, I was like, I'm gonna go make dinner. I am fed up with this oh, fucking movie. <laughs> he's like, you see what you ha He's like, you see what you made me do? Or you see, mm -hmm. like he's saying, like he did with his kids earlier in the film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like or why he's, like, are you yelling at them for like slamming the door? Well, they're fighting each other, and like the older ones, like going pretty not hard, but like they're fighting roughhousing, and mm -hmm. he's just, like sitting there, like doing like a very passive, like, hey, what? Come on, that's your what? Come on, hey. Yeah, and he's like so annoyed at the fact that they got dropped off early to him, or he forgot to pick them up. Yeah, he's like, what is this? Why are you why are you literally slapping your sister on the top of her head right now? You're the older one by like three years at least, four years maybe. Yeah. Like that's not allowed. I feel bad for his kids. Well, no, because yeah, like, then yeah. the younger one runs away and like yeah. like throws the door open and it hits the wall and he's immediately like, okay, now I'm, you damaged my nice things. I'm going to start yelling at you guys. And they both clam up so hard. Mm -hmm. 
Everyone's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you feel for the kids. You just hate Christian are, a little more. Are they kind of supposed to represent the beggar girl that blew up in the square? I don't know. I kind of like... It just kind of reminded me of them mm-hmm. uh, for some reason. Um, I think the whole the whole viral video is so one-dimensional. Like, there's no way to... There's no depth to the girl. It, like, even... It's, like, comical when it comes in with her in the trash bin mm-hmm. and the kitten. <laughs> yeah. Like, the whole thing is, like, us. Uh, so like, let's give him a fucking kitten, too. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing. Why did he uh, ask that homeless person to watch his bags? I guess he felt like um, they had nothing better to do, possibly. No, I think that was one of those things in the film, because he, he gets the call about the viral video of the young girl blown up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh shit, I gotta go to the office and like beat my boss and like get ready to talk my way out of this. And he's in a mall, and he's waiting for the daughters. I forget where they're at, or he just let them go off on their own. And then he... It's like a weird thing of like he doesn't want to. He wants to go for look for his daughters, but he doesn't want to leave the possessions out of sight. Mm. And then he asks people at the top of the escalator, and they all just ignore him. And so then he goes back to the homeless guy, and who doesn't even speak his language. Yeah, and sure yeah. enough, the guy is just like, "Oh, I'll stay here, sure." Or he's just like nods, like, "Okay, I'll mm. do this." Yeah, but like, doesn't like everyone like around him at the escalator? They don't even respond to him like yeah. asking for help. Yeah. So I feel like. I don't know. I feel like he did go up to this person because he knew that, like, I don't know. There was no getting through to the the normal group of people that was uh, in that situation. Yeah, so I felt like a commentary on that. Like, the, no one there is going to help him. But mm-hmm. he can reach out to this guy who has not, who's suffering, and he's more willing to help than those who are not suffering. Yeah, You know, that, that reminds me of a, an earlier scene where... Um, with his phone getting stolen as well. Yeah, where, yeah. where Christian first gets his phone stolen. And then um, he goes into the 7-Eleven and he sees a homeless woman and she's asking for money. He's like, oh, oh I don't yeah. have any money on me, but I can get <laughs> you some food. And then she's like, okay, get me a chicken ciabatta. He's like, what? She's like, get me a chicken ciabatta. Like, it's a very specific food item on the menu. Yes. And he's like, he's kind of like taken aback, kind of like annoyed a little bit. And then when she, like, says no onions, like, it's just, like... <laughs> that just, like, crosses the line for <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then uh, he finally gets it, and then he just gives it to her. And he's like, yeah, pick the onions off yourself. So, and, yeah, I love the value that places on <laughs> us. Like, if you agree with him in that situation... Yeah. Then, there's something gross about that. Yeah, you, yeah. Gotta, you gotta rethink your, your moral standards. And, like, but the second scene is what really drove it home for me when we first see... I mean, when we see her again, where... Um, She's uh, sitting outside, and then Christian still doesn't have any money. But then he opens up the parcel in his car, finds the wallet with the money still left in it, and then he feels like, oh, I'm going to feel even better about myself. You know, I just got my wallet, just got my phone back, just punked these people who, like, tried to pickpocket me. I'm going to be the the really uh, benevolent being and give the money to this person. And I don't know. Just the comparing the comparison and contrasting nature of like those two scenes show just how disgusting of a person Christian is. Yeah. Because when he offers to buy food and she like doesn't even thank him, doesn't do anything. Like he gets so appalled by the fact that she asks for like, oh, something on top of that. 
It's like, yeah, it's like he's like so elitist and has all. He's like, I'll buy you food, but like I have the power to choose what yeah. the fuck I'm gonna, what you're yeah. gonna eat. Exactly. <laughs> it, it reminded me of a time when I was at a gas station and then uh, I was pumping gas, and then this woman came up to me and was like, "Oh, can I have some money?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And then I was, you know, I was like, hmm, thinking how much I should give her, right? And she's like, "I was, I gave her five dollars." She's like, "No, can you give me ten dollars?" And I'm like, oh, God, I rolled my eyes, like, really? And I gave her more money. I'm like, whatever. I guess if you really need it, then yeah. But it's just like, you know, in that situation, like, you know, you're, you're thinking like, oh, yeah, I have the power to give you however much. And then they're like, no, no, actually, can you add some more on top? I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I complied because, like, you never know what people are going through, like, if, that, if they really needed it. Or you never know, if, like, if she's allergic to onions or whatever. I don't know. She had something wrong with her or like mm-hmm. whatever right like i don't know if you're willing to help you're willing to help but if it's that inconvenient for you then maybe you're not that genuine but it's, you know? yeah it's not even that inconvenient for him it's just yeah can i get a chicken ciabatta no onions <laughs> yeah. but, but how, like not everyone can eat you know not everyone has like a wide-ranging diet where they can eat anything and everything yeah. <laughs> but what would you guys do in that situation after you're gonna help somebody and they're like oh can you add some fries with that or, or um you know can you give me ten dollars instead can you give me 20 like if you guys said yeah to like oh i never <laughs> yeah i don't give i don't people ask for money i don't i give them i'll give them money i give food yeah. Food too. Mm-hmm. I'll tell. Food. I'll be like. I'll get you something in the store if you want. Yeah. So I'm barely getting by. I can't help you, guy. I can't. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of tough. Like being, because I, I personally feel like I'm, I'm lower class. Like I, I grew up in poverty my entire life, and mm-hmm. I feel like I will never get out of it. Which is very. It's just this movie showed me about. It's just, yeah, I feel like we've seen so many movies during, like, our entire run where it discusses class differences and systems that are put in place to keep the lower class in the lower class. And this movie was just, like, yet another straw on the camel's back where it's like, oh, boy. Maybe that's why uh, it went over our heads (laughs) or or went over my head because I'm the same way. I'm like, I don't, I'm not familiar with this lifestyle at all. Yeah, like, I don't have a lot of money to, like, go and do, like, I can't even, like, go out and, like, get coffee. Like, yeah. I, that's, why, that's why it's so frustrating when I think Miguel, he, he has that nice job at the museum, but here's a 10-year-old, like, throwing a tantrum, and he's he's rolling over so hard. It's like, how, how, do, you not, how do you not grow up and have a spine enough to, like, tell a kid, like, like no, fuck off. Like, I, 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 I literally owe you nothing. I'm leaving. <laughs> no, he feels like a need to justify himself and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So I guess, like, at the end of the day, is it too much of a burden for us to help people within our own class or even lower that we, um, unless we break through, it will feel more comfortable doing that? I think that if you aren't looking to be self-congratulated... And if you're doing it for the right reasons, like doing what you can, then absolutely do what you can. But if it's going to put yourself in a position where it's um, going to hurt you in the long run or even in the short run, then you might need to second guess it. For instance, if you have like a, like if you have to have rent due on like a certain day, otherwise you're going to get evicted. It's like, oh, should I give like this extra $10 to this person? And that's that's the ten dollars that's going towards my rent. Like, should mm-hmm. I do that in that situation? I don't know. That I think that's where it gets a bit tricky. But if you're somebody like, 
like a Bezos figure or anyone who's kind of like in the upper echelon of like society, then <laughs> if you aren't willing to help, I mean, you can, I think that there gets to be like a certain point of um, earnings where you can live comfortably without, you know, like you, you can spend X amount and be just completely comfortable living for your entire life. And I forget what the amount is where it's like, oh, this is the amount you need to be quote unquote happy, which I think is complete bullshit. But um, I don't know. I think that the more resources you have, I think that it just, there's like an element of hoarding involved mm. in that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where I'm, I have a lot of ambivalence towards it where it's like, oh, if you're hoarding resources, for instance, like, uh, it reminds me of like Bitcoin, like for mm. instance, Bitcoin, there's an X, there's an allotted amount of Bitcoin that was created mm -hmm. and <clears throat> there will never be more, or I guess, I don't know. I'm not too well-versed with it, but, um, it also reminds me of like all the, uh, the metals that exist in earth and everything like that. It's like, there's an allotted amount that is available to us on this planet. If we end up hoarding it all, then there isn't going to be enough for, you know, this group or that group or anything like that. And I don't know, it, that also like ties in with the utopianism of the movie and socialism elements and all these other different things where it's like, oh, should the, is it trickle down economics or is it something else that we haven't explored yet? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's so much to be discussed about in that area. It also ties into uh, Priscilla Santiago, like, you know, <laughs> not willing to share, just... <laughs> You know, <laughs> just hoarding her all to yourself. Sure, no one else gets to have fun. You know. Yeah, I'm hoping. So. I'm hoping to meet her slimmer sister soon. <laughs> <laughs> Once it releases, and I uh, in like a year. Yeah, and I have the money saved. <laughs> Get one of those bundles. <laughs> I also want to say I do. I hold on. Let me, I think me and Tyler may want to go back on this one. <laughs> I do give money to homeless people. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm not a dick, <laughs> but like ninety percent of the time Sorry, I don't sad. have. Like I have only a couple hundred to my name at most, and I'm like I can't sit here and give you money. I literally can't. Dude, We've, I've I definitely given given stuff to people before. Okay? Yeah, that too. I let people use my phone. I was on live. I gave my guy my phone, and let him make a call, and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm not a complete like you know fuck you guys. I got mine. <laughs> For me, I'm like I'm like two steps away from like being like like I'm just doing what I can to like stay afloat. Like I, I feel like I've just turned a point in my life where I can actually feel. Like, I'm slowly crawling out of poverty, <laughs> but maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> it, so, yeah. it kind of feels like one of those, um, have you ever seen a, a amusement rides where, um, or like amusement, or the, I don't know, they have like these blow up uh, events where uh, it's like you have like a, one of those bungee cords wrapped on your back and you have a harness and you yeah. have to like try and run as far as you can oh, to yeah. like grab onto the, the end object, but you never can. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Like, especially if you have the wrong socks on, like, if you aren't privileged enough to have, like, socks with, like, good traction on them, or, like, <laughs> all these different things. But, yeah, since we can't monetarily help those people, let's let's storm Bezos Manor. Yeah. <laughs> 
it reminds me of like uh, all the talks that are like going on with the stimulus bill and everything and like oh, how each different party is like oh yeah you know we we need to do what we can to you know get the stimulus bill passed and like all these other things mm-hmm. and then like everyone is just like pointing the finger at each other well well nobody's doing anything and it, yeah i don't know and it, it just makes me think about like how privileged these people are to the point where they can not do anything about this this potential bill that could help you know people pay rent for the next month for me it's the non-consequence of the political sphere currently where i've i've seen thought pieces written about like oh if there was a second stimulus check three months before the election we may have a different president currently or in the future Mm -hmm. like there may the incumbent may have remained or not not one and just stuff like that like they don't even care enough to maintain their positions of power to help us in the small aspects in the moment yeah they're just getting their paycheck like yeah. you know what's funny is that um i was actually like when it comes to the actual government bill that's being like talked about and like where they're funding themselves before because you know like i think it's usually around this time of the year that they have to like discuss like their budget otherwise there's like a government shutdown mm-hmm. they're making headway on that like <laughs> it's just nothing but agreements over there probably <laughs> so they have to allocate funds and yeah for themselves and like for the government spending and everything so it's like but when it comes to this other bill when it when it concerns the entire population of the u.s nothing is getting done and Mm -hmm. like i'm not trying to go on a political tirade right now but it's just reminding me about um this movie in regards to the upper elite um planning out ways to help those who make up the majority um who aren't in their positions and how it's kind of like a like a tit for tat situation where it's like oh this in order for me to give this amount it needs to meet this criteria in order for me to be on board and i think that that's absolutely disgusting yeah because it's like it's like uh, what was said earlier it's like no that should already be a given we should already be thinking about these things we shouldn't be discussing whether or not she has blonde hair or brown hair or anything like that or yeah. even the viral video success and the outrage over it overshadows the meaning of the utopian square yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. it's this whole trickle down effect we're waiting for the higher ups to help us out and then still even with our positions we still have people below us that are asking us for help too so mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's such a huge deferral mm-hmm. it's a deferral system oh, gosh don't worry, guys. We'll win the lottery soon. <laughs> we'll get big off the pod. Yeah, oh, right. making millions. I got some crypto in me, so I'll wait for that to blow up eventually. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think man, we had a quite the layered discussion on yeah. uh, the mm-hmm. our societal problems and our class differences and stuff. And uh, yeah, thank you for the pick, Tyler. Yeah, great pick. Um, yeah, we yeah. brought it all out. And we sound good while talking about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Get that ASMR. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Who's next? I think it's Pat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have two lined up. I'm going to reach out for a potential guest today. And if not, I got a backup movie. Because I think the other one needs a guest. Because uh, we're four dudes, essentially. Yeah. I, that, that's yeah. That's one of my huge worries when it comes to... <clears throat> any sort of uh, episode that we do it's like well actually okay. i go by um they them now so i'm kind of in the middle <laughs> just kidding <laughs> <laughs> just, no, i don't know I, I just worry about creating an echo chamber which you know it's already going to be a thing like yeah. there's no escaping the echo chamber but you do mm-hmm. what you can to mm-hmm. 
bring in other voices. And I feel like when we do discuss these movies, we try to um, we try to do what we can to distance ourselves from our own egos when it comes to talking about the movies. Not me at all. No, my, my opinion's the right one completely. <laughs> but no, I see. I, I try not to be a dick about it. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I think it is hard because we all have our own upbringing and our own perspective. So it's kind of hard to even view our own lives uh, objectively, mm-hmm. or even try to talk about things objectively. I mean, we can't. We're talking about art, so that's, it's all subjective. That's the beauty yeah. about watching like all these different movies that are outside of our our own bubble like for instance outside the u.s or anything and i'm I'm not saying that move like in order for us to actually uh find some sort of um higher meaning in what we watch we have to venture to other countries to broaden our perspectives or horizons but i'm just trying to appreciate the fact that um we can go outside of our comfort zone of watching like american cinema which is like we grew up with that for the most part And actually being able to venture out and see what does exist beyond, you know, our our, our castle (laughs) (laughs) or our little um, slice of hate or our little safe haven. I feel the need to bring this up every episode. But goddamn confessions, Tyler. I still love you for that pick. I still love that <laughs> That's movie. still my favorite. <laughs> you, your picks uh, really do challenge us because they do challenge what we've been used to in terms of like getting used to like these Hollywood or Western films and um, watching this film is coming from a, a, like a Nordic perspective. Um, it is more challenging for us because we didn't grow up in that environment. So we don't really know what their cultural norms are or like their demographic, um, what goes on over there, what, what mm-hmm. are the politics like? So I think it's interesting that we get to review these type of films coming from, you know, our own Western perspective. So, yeah, can't wait for next week, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're probably looking forward to probably a potential guest. Yeah, I'm gonna reach out. If not, I got a backup movie, or I got a backup guest and then a backup movie. <laughs> cool. <laughs> nice. So you you got like plans A through Z. Yeah. We just we just don't need another dude on the pod right now for this episode <laughs> coming up. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I have a feeling. Wait, is it the movie? I think it's the movie. I think oh, I told you about oh. this one. I just got to reach out. <laughs> I want to know this one. Like, I feel like we all have our, our own aces up our sleeves, like, when it comes to certain movies that we're, like, waiting yeah. to, like, have yeah. each other watch. Oh, yeah, my ace was last week. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm playing mine right now, and I, I hope the conversation matches this new level of Mike. Okay, Ooh. all right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right, well, um... Yeah, uh, wow, this is a wonderful conversation and discussion, and it brought up a lot of great discourse, I think. Um, so yeah, thank you, whoever got this far into our podcast. Um, yeah, let's get new listeners. Uh, let's even get more questions or comments. Like, uh, I know last week's episode was very polarizing, and I and I like that. So oh yeah, I, yeah. I had quite a few people reach out to me about it. Yeah, um, I, have, I have a unique idea right now, if I can interrupt. Sure, yeah. Uh, I want a bounty out on the film. I saw like a top 10 alien movie list and it's a film. I th- it may be early two thousands or nineties. It's about a guy who moves into a, it was a young kid or teenager moves into a upper class neighborhood and they have a homeowners association 
And I believe it's revealed that the Homeowner Association is some amalgamous alien blob at one part of the film. I cannot find that movie. I Google it and I just get the watch with Ben Stiller or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So if anyone knows that film name, please, for the love of God, send it to me and I'll even credit you and pick it for my pick after the coming pick. Yeah. Email us, email us at latefilmpodcast at gmail.com. Definitely give us your opinions, your thoughts. Yeah. Send Patrick, the movie he's dying send, to know. Send us movies to watch. Yeah. Please. <laughs> Tell us why uh, we should watch certain movies or why we should review um, yeah, other types of films that we haven't got to yet. Uh, and subscribe to our iTunes and Spotify. Give us a review. Um, yeah, that's that's it for me. Anyone? Only, only five-star reviews, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> give us five stars. Yeah, yeah, if you have any sort of criticism, no. We don't want it. <laughs> yeah. Fuck out of here! <laughs> <laughs> you're not, you're not a truly film fan. <laughs> but yeah, that that about wraps up our episode uh, for today. Um, our twentieth episode. Can't wait for our twenty first. Uh, I'm excited, and I think this is a, yeah, this is the beginning of something new for us. So, stay tuned for more. Snail, you get a clear bone, you get your bed, thank you. Check that snail, and cruna. Like that, you can't. 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 Like that